So welcome, family and friends, to this special service. Isn't it amazing that we have so many candidates for confirmation today from St. Lakes and from St. John the Evangelist? And if anybody tells you that the Church of England is dying, don't believe it. Just say to them, it depends on where you're looking. Because God is on the move. Do you believe it? And there is revival beginning to happen in our church. Strangely, it is happening. Because when you see the caliber and age of the people that are standing forward to be confirmed today, I see this every single Sunday. Because my wife and I travel from church to church. And as Bishop of Woolwich, I have responsibility for 100 churches. And we see this every single Sunday. God is on the move. So let's keep trusting him. Let's talk up the gospel. Not the institution, but the gospel. Because the more confident we become about talking and gossiping about Jesus Christ, the more confident we will be as church people. So don't let your eyes be turned down. Turn them up to the Lord, okay? Because he is faithful who has called you. And he will accomplish all that he has promised in accordance with his word. Amen. Amen. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. There is one body and one spirit. One One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Peace be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is governed and sanctified, hear our prayer, which we offer to all your faithful people, that in their vocation and ministry they may serve you in holiness and truth to the glory of your name. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated for our Bible readings. The first reading is taken from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, beginning at verse 22. If you want to follow it in the Church Bibles, it's on page 826. Lamentations 3, 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. 
Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to one who would strike him, and let him be filled with disgrace. For men are not cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to the children of men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel reading is from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 5, beginning at verse 21, which is on page 1007. When Jesus had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered round him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. 
after he put them all out. He took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to tell anyone, not to let anyone know about this, and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you give us unction to hear you, grace and mercy to respond to you in love, and the confidence to speak as your people in our generation. We ask this trusting in your faithfulness, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You may sit. One of the joys of being in this ministry is the fact that God gives us opportunities beyond our expectations. So I really want to thank you, Brother Eddie, for your welcome. Thank you, Tim. It's not easy for the local priest, the vicar, to welcome the bishop and to make him feel at home. So thank you for making me feel welcome. I heard his story of the boy who was the son of a vicar. And the bishop was visiting the parish. So he asked his dad, Daddy, could I meet the bishop and have an opportunity to say hello to him? And maybe take his afternoon tea to him. And daddy said to him, All right then, if you're a good boy, I'll let you do it. So Saturday afternoon, the bishop arrived in preparation for the confirmation service on Sunday. And when it was time for him to go in for his rest, he went into the bedroom, the guest room, and the young boy was prepared to take the bishop's tea to him at tea time. And he was given his instructions and was told to say the following words. Peter, when you get to the door, of the guest room, you knock on the door and say, my Lord, it's the boy. It's time for your tea. Okay? Yes, daddy said, my Lord, it's the boy. It's time for your tea. He practiced that, he practiced the lines, practiced it. And then when it was time for tea, they gave him the tray with the tea and everything set up. He managed to walk through the, around the, through the corridor, got to the door, staggering with the tray. He knocked on the door and forgot his lines. <laughs> then he said, My boy, it's the Lord. Your time is up. <laughs> Confirmations of this nature especially of two parishes together. It's a very rare opportunity, but becoming the practice. We 
are encouraging our parishes to work together and our deanries to work together to do confirmations and to pull the candidates together and to do one service instead of two or three. And it's a joy to be with you today. And at your confirmation, at your coming of age, the opportunity to stand up for yourselves and confess Jesus Christ as Lord. I was very touched by the reading from Mark's Gospel. The exercise of confession of faith of people who came face to face with Jesus. The woman who had tried everything else but decided I'll touch him. Because I know that if I can touch him something will shift. So she reached out. Perhaps for you today you may be reaching out. I know you have testimonies which are written at the back of a booklet. Lots of interesting testimonies of your personal faith. But I thank God for you. Because today as you respond to his call, because God calls us by faith, isn't he? God gives us grace to respond to his call. Because quite often we think we find God. No, but God actually starts the process. And that woman, hearing that Jesus was in town, went out. If I can but touch the hem of his garment. I believe that idea was put in her heart by the Spirit of God. Because God wanted to bring her to a place of deliverance. And truly, she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus knew that somebody had touched him. Because it was a touch of faith. Hey, what's up with you? What do you mean that somebody touched you? Look, everybody's hemming in and squeezing us. You can imagine Peter just saying that to Jesus. But Jesus said to him, someone touched me. I believe he said that because he could feel the drain. Most New Testament scholars will agree with that. That Jesus could have felt the power surge, as we call it. He have felt the exchange, the transfer, the miracle happening. And being the God that he was, being the divine son of God that he was, he knew something was happening. Daughter, thy faith has made you whole. Go in peace. But think about the woman's situation in relation to the teacher of the synagogue whose daughter was unwell. He was reaching out on behalf of his daughter. Reaching out in faith against all the odds. Oh, leave the master alone. Your daughter is dead. No. He reached out. That's part of what I was saying to you earlier on today. When the world tells you the church is dying, don't listen to them. God is doing something new. Every single day. Every single minute. Just depends on where you're looking. You know this question about the church dying out? 
They started saying it hundreds of years ago. And the church is still here. They have died and gone. Because the Spirit of God is active in the church. The church is not just a human institution that's been set up by a group of friends who wanted to make money by selling diamond or gold. The church is the body of Christ. And God's Spirit dwells in us, in the church. So my friends, be encouraged. Look up. These people were trying to be discouraging the man whose daughter was unwell. Oh, leave Jesus alone. She's long dead. Don't worry him. It's just a waste of time. But Jesus ignored what they said. And he said unto the ruler, Fear not, only believe. And I say that to you today. Called by God to be confirmed today. And you're going to be witnesses of Jesus Christ in our world. Fear not. You will hear all sorts of things about your life, about your faith, about your own testimony, about the church that you attend. Fear not. Only believe in him. Hold on to your faith in him. Because God is faithful. In our reading from Lamentations, we read about how faithful God is. But of the Lord's mercies, we will be consumed. But great is his faithfulness. Because his mercies to us, they are new every morning. You know how I illustrate it? You know every morning you wake up, there's dew on the grass. Right? That's how new his mercies are. Every morning, fresh dew on the grass. Check it out. Every morning in your lawn, fresh dew on the grass. That is how new his mercies are for us every single day. No wonder Jesus said we should take it one day at a time. So my friends, you may be young, you may be old. Don't fear. Trust him. Trust God. The God that we are serving, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is bigger than all our issues. It's bigger than our situations. It's bigger than anything we can encounter. But I tell you, it's only by trusting him and having faith in him that we can connect with what he's doing. Because as people of the media age, we'll know how to connect, don't we? Make the connection. Faith makes the difference. Because trusting in God, sometimes very risky, sometimes a life and death situation. But remembering that we are people who are called to be his witnesses. Like the ruler of the synagogue. Like the woman with the issue of blood. We trust him. Because his mercies to us, they are new every morning. Notice that in both cases, Jesus was very quiet about what he had done. He wasn't looking for the press or the local community to publish a front page article about the miracle down 7th Street. He didn't need that. He even said to the woman, Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. And then to the father of the synagogue, the ruler of the synagogue, he charged them 
that no man should know this. That concept in New Testament theology is described as the messianic secret. Why was he so secretive about what he was doing? I believe, like many other scholars, Jesus didn't need their publicity. He was doing what he was saying the Father do. And today, Jesus is still busy doing what the Father is doing through us. And we don't need the press to broadcast it. A few months ago, my friend said to me, my Muslim friend, he said to me, Father Carroll, tell me, Islam is the fastest growing religion in England. I said, yes, that's what the press says. He said, so many people have been converted to Islam every year. I said, yes, that's what the press tells us. He said, tell us, what's the statistics about Christianity in this country? I said, I don't know what the statistics are. He said, how come you don't know? You're a man of God, you should know. I said, it's because we don't base our church or build our church on statistics. Because the scripture says that when the left hand is doing something, the right hand shouldn't know about it. So the whole concept of the Messianic secret is wrapped into the life of the church. We're gentle, we're modest, we're quiet about what we're doing. Remember the day I came to visit you during the Bidin revisit? There were more young people in this place than I had seen in any church recently. You were not announcing it in the papers. Neither were you announcing it in the local radio. Right? But that work was happening here every single week. So many young people coming into this building to play football, to play games, to play Xbox, to have fun, and to do the sort of things that some of which we cannot mention in public. I mean, good things. <laughs> God, he was looking worried a little bit. They were doing really good things, but they were playing in church. We don't announce it. We don't need to announce it. So your faith, your quiet, confident faith in God, as people called by God to confirmation today, to be commissioned for his glory, to become agents of God's mission, you continue to do the work that is called all of us to do as secret agents. Remember the story I was told about a regular church member who hadn't been to church for a while and the vicar said to him, just greeting people by the door, Eddie, I haven't seen you for a while, not this Eddie, okay, another Eddie. <laughs> and he said, oh, Father, um, Bishop, uh, vicar, I've been around. He said, but I haven't really seen you. He said, well, I've been in the secret service. I've been quietly serving God, but in, incognito. But the bottom line is this. Whatever God calls us to do, let's do it with all our hearts. And for all the rest of us, we're here today to support our candidates. But remember, Jehovah our God is good. He's good all the time. Amen. And it is good for us to remember that. So when the going gets rough, remember that our God is good. And he's called us to remember that his mercies to us, they are new every morning. And it is part of his loving kindness towards us. His love and his kindness. 
his faithfulness and his mercy. So we will be able to say, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my health. The Lord is my well-being. The Lord is my deliverer, my supporter, my helper, even in a time of trouble. So as we support these candidates, we ourselves are reminded that we too are God's people, called, commissioned to serve him out there in the world. So when we come here on a Sunday morning, afternoon or evening, Wednesday morning or Wednesday evening, we're coming for an MOT service so that we could be of real service to God in the real world. So whatever your hands find to do, as a teacher, as a doctor, a receptionist, a hospital worker, a professor of science, an engineer, a housewife, a house husband, whatever your hands find on to do, do it to the best of your ability as an agent of God's kingdom. And it is through your agency that people will see the aroma of God's love and would make inquiries about your Christian faith. So preach the gospel in words and preach it through your actions so that people will come to ask and inquire about your faith and you'll be able to tell them about the reasons why you believe in him. But you may be here today as well and you've just come to support a candidate. I assure you that God intended for you to be here because God's love and kindness to us is for everyone, not just for the Christian, for all humanity. That's why John 3.16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And today, you can believe in him like these candidates. And it will make a difference in your life. And you can say a simple prayer after me in a a few moments and ask Jesus to be your savior. That's amazing. That's how simple it is. That was how I became a Christian myself. And today, God will sign you on and take you seriously. And it'd be wonderful, wouldn't it, to say, on the day I came to support my goddaughter's confirmation, I made a commitment to follow Jesus. Or on the day I came to support my sister's daughter's or son's confirmation, I made a commitment to follow Jesus. That'd be wonderful. So let's bow our heads now to pray. And at the end of the service, if anybody says this prayer with me, I promise you, I'll be here to chat with you and give you a free copy of Mark's Gospel to take home with you, courtesy of St. John the Evangelist Church. So as we bow our heads now, first of all, we pray for the candidates, and then I'll say a prayer. And if you'd like the prayer, please join with me. Lord, we just thank you so much for our candidates today. Thank you that they're people of caliber, integrity, who have decided to make their own personal commitment to follow Jesus and to stand up today to confess that. 
I pray that as you, as you bless the woman who was healed and the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue who was brought back to life. You bless these candidates with new life in Christ. You bless them and their hopes and the families from which they come. With the life of your spirit and your Holy Spirit will make a difference as they stand up to be counted. Thank you that this is their confirmation service will be truly be a landmark in their Christian development and discipleship to the honor and glory of your name. And Lord, we also want to thank you for many today who are here with it to support and to pray for that you bless them for coming to celebrate with our candidates. And if there's anyone here who is thinking, yes, I would like to explore what it means to be a Christian. I'd like to think about coming to confirmation myself next year, maybe. But I'd like, first of all, to ask Jesus to be my friend. If you agree, say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I pray that you will forgive me my sins. So I repent today. I promise to serve you and to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I accept you today. I accept the work you did on my behalf at Calvary's cross. Come into my life, Lord Jesus, and be Lord and Master of my life. Thank you for accepting me. Amen. Amen. Remember, if you said that prayer with me, there will be a copy of this available for you at the end of the service. Thank you.